Hello, and welcome to Good People Talk, which is the podcast of the Good People Fund. This is where we talk to changemakers and explore how they're making impact within and beyond their communities, and what got them to make their vision a reality in the first place. I'm Glenn Rosencrantz with the Good People Fund, and I recently visited Boston Youth Wrestling and its founder and president, Jose Valenzuela, and Bior Wigney, its executive director. If you don't know about Boston Youth Wrestling, it's an organization that is quite creatively using the sport in under-resourced communities here to help youth overcome socioeconomic challenges and negative personal, community, and societal relationships. In the process, it's changing young lives and strengthening families and communities and futures It's a new grantee of the Good People Fund. Jose himself, and he'll tell us in more detail, grew up as a young boy of color in Boston, and he credits wrestling with helping him overcome similar challenges, and he founded BYW to make that journey true for countless others. Here's our conversation. Jose and Bior, thank you for joining this podcast. We're sitting in your very energetic offices here at Boston Youth Wrestling. And I see a t-shirt is speaking to me. And I think that it's probably a really good starting off point because it says Boston Youth Wrestling with a slogan, Wrestling for a Better Boston. And I feel like that encapsulates your mission. Wrestling for a Better Boston, I think, just kind of speaks to kind of the overall betterment or improvement of the city that we want to see. And we kind of want to impart on kids that they have a chance to feel empowered, that they can make a change in their community. And we think wrestling is one vehicle in which they could do that. Right now we have about 13 kids who are over at a nearby school. We're in Roxbury right now and they're probably less than a mile away. They are right now beautifying that school, cleaning it, they're painting it. And it's that, that kind of stuff that I think we really want to showcase as a, a part of our program that we're much more than just wrestling. And, you know, through this lens of wrestling, we can accomplish a lot. And I think that's kind of what the slogan means to us. When most people think about wrestling, they're thinking about a sport. They're thinking about the gym and the mat and the moves. You are leveraging all of what I just described yeah. to a much larger degree instilling a sense of community pride in in your in your participants and ownership of their community but that plays out in just so many ways off the map right that's just one of them yeah you know i think on and off the map the sport really is kind of at its root core i think just about life you know when you participate in wrestling it's just you and your opponent there's a lot of training that goes into it um, coaching but ultimately at the end of the day it's up to you to accomplish whatever goals you set out for yourself on the mat. That probably mirrors a lot of what life will end up being like for a lot of our participants is, you know, having a bit of improved confidence and self-reliance as well as discipline and teamwork. You know, a lot of our kids come into the program with either really damaged relationships with adults and peers or really limited ones. And I think one of the first things we work to accomplish is utilizing our coaches and mentors for our participants and what it does is it really builds a bond and a trust between the coach and the and the mentee and you know in wrestling when you see a coach demonstrate a move or a technique you know one of the first things they probably have to do is demonstrate it hands-on 
right? You can, it's really hard, and as a technical sport, it's really hard to sort of just like say, do, here's step one, step two, step three, now do what I said, right? Like, that would be a really horrible way to coach a wrestling program. This is really no different than outside of our program, but in our program, our coaches are trained to sort of break down moves and simplify them, but also to, to demonstrate them and give kids a chance to kind of utilize those skills in different drills and, and games. The underlying subconscious thing that's happening is the coach is exerting control in a safe way that builds trust because kind, what is probably true more than not for our participants is that a lot of their lives are out of control, right? Maybe it's their home life, maybe it's school, maybe it's their personal relationships that feel like they lack control. And so when a coach can exert control, it can have a subconscious like calming effect on a child. And it can really teach them that if I trust in this adult in this setting, uh, I'm going to be safe. The coach said to do the move in this way and I won't get hurt. It'll be okay, right? Or I'll, or even better, I'll be successful at it. Mm-hmm. And, and our kids usually taste success for the first time in their lives in our program, right? They win a match, you know, they, they win a tournament, they get a medal or a trophy. And that kind of experience, I think, have, pays dividends because what it means is, okay, I trusted my coach paid attention to what he or she had to say. And then it turned out what they said was true. If I work hard, if I pay attention, good things will happen. Right. And and yeah. I think that kind of success, therefore, leads to the other things that we're trying to impart. It's like, well, what else can we get you to also believe and trust in? Like, well, if your grades are suffering before we meet you, oh, well, how can we help you with that? Right. You know, and, and I think that kind of trust building just extends itself beyond just the the wrestling map. Okay, and to, to be clear, we're talking about participants and students mm-hmm. who are not growing up in affluent school districts. Mm-hmm. These, this isn't, they're typically under-resourced districts and cities, mm-hmm. Boston, Lynn, and Chelsea, Chelsea mm-hmm. Massachusetts. There must be, for the two of you and your cadre of coaches, a real challenge in even getting them through the door. Yeah, I mean, I would say in a district with so few opportunities as Boston or even Chelsea and Lynn, what we've noticed is that kids are really hungry for these opportunities. You know, we have schools where we post tryouts and maybe 75 kids show up. We don't have an issue, I think, getting kids in the door. Mm -hmm. I think as you spoke to some of the other issues, I think it's sort of giving our coaches and our program staff the tools to deal with the kids that might not be able to continue in the program because of all those other insurmountable challenges that they face. So that I think that's our own challenge, our own charge is to be better each year about making sure if a kid walks in the door and is has interest in wrestling, that we do everything in our power to make sure they are able to stay in our program. Right, so that way transportation is not a challenge or issue that, that we can't overcome. Or issues of uh, language barriers with parents and, and families that support their kids at home. You know, the other challenges that happen with a lot of our kids is, is the challenge of, of being a caretaker for younger siblings, right? And being able to sort of, you know, make sure that whatever it is that our kids are facing, we want to make sure that they know that our program's here for them. And really, whether or not they continue in wrestling, is, is less important than us being able to see them be successful um, after they leave us. What is wonderful working in the nonprofit sector and even doing this podcast and, and meeting change makers is that you're fueled by not only your own exposures, but your own trajectories in life mm. that 
somehow came together and very naturally put you into this place where you are changing people's lives and changing realities. Yeah, I, I think, you know, my story is not too dissimilar from a lot of our participants, our student athletes. You know, I was fortunate enough to attend a school in the sixth grade that had wrestling as an opportunity. It was the first time I had even a chance to try another sport. That time in my school experience, I had a lot of potential. You know, I was a pretty smart kid, but I was not succeeding in school. I had really supportive parents, but I wasn't really completely listening to their advice. I was just struggling. And and wrestling was, uh, I think, one of the first outlets I had in which I really felt like an adult cared about me for no other reason. There wasn't anything they gained from that. You know, the teacher, maybe it's about making sure you get good grades and your parents have their obvious personal interest in seeing you be successful. But this coach was different and I felt, you know, that even though I was really awful at wrestling at that time, there was something inside me that just wanted to keep coming back and, and I wanted to improve and I liked, I just liked the camaraderie. And when I changed schools, I was fortunate again that in the seventh grade, the new school I attended also had wrestling and I was able to sort of continue. And it wasn't until probably ninth grade that that relationship with wrestling started to also pay dividends in the classroom. I sort of saw my success in wrestling and my success in academics as kind of like two two parts of the same whole. And I started, you know, I was also starting to get a little better winning matches, and I think that had something to do with it. But, you know, ultimately I think those relationships that I had were kind of crucial and fundamental. I, You know, I can say quite honestly I probably wouldn't have stayed in that school if wrestling wasn't something that I still was able to enjoy as an opportunity. And, you know, the, the simple fact that it was the only public school that had wrestling um, when I was in school meant that if I had left, I, I really actually would not have been able to continue wrestling. No, knowing that I, I stuck it through. It was a difficult school to be in, sort of academically challenging and also challenging for a number of other reasons. But wrestling kind of convinced me that I had to, I had to see it through. And what that meant though, is that I ended up getting recruited for college and I got to attend a really phenomenal school um, because of that. And I, I continued through college. I wrestled varsity. What is within you that compelled you to take that experience and realize that you could build an organization mm. to create that experience for other kids, teens? Yeah, that's a great, great question. So I, when I graduated from college, I, uh, my undergrad, I decided to become a teacher, an educator. You know, my first job offer came with a question, which was the the headmaster had asked, you know, I see you wrestled. We don't have a wrestling program. Uh, would you be interested in starting one? So I said yes, not having any clue what that was going to entail. So I spent three years in my first teaching job in Dorchester building a program uh, from the ground up. So um, I needed to get wrestling mats and equipment. I needed to learn about all the things that go into starting a wrestling team in a city that didn't really support the sport. I had graduated high school. There's one wrestling program. Um, when I came back to teach, there was then two. And so our program was the third. And it was in that experience that I, I learned what it was going to take, really like a Herculean effort. Mm. And a couple of realizations came from that experience, one of which was how exceedingly frustrated I was with the fact that we would I would con- constantly take my kids out of side of the city to have competitions. The opportunity was there, 
to grow wrestling if someone would just figure out how to convince the city and convince maybe possible funders or donors that it was a worthwhile investment. The second thing I learned was even though I thought after a few years of teaching, I was kind of getting okay at that job of teaching, that the wrestlers that I had who were also students, we were having a different experience. There were, there were some students who, whatever I tried in the classroom, sometimes I wasn't getting through to them, or they weren't completely living up to their potential. But when they joined the wrestling team, completely transformed. I think part of that is the, you know, the beauty of sports and extracurricular activities is you get more time with kids and you get more time that's a, what, you know, is now kind of commonly called informal time because that informal coaching time. So after the mats have been set up and you're tying your shoes, have a conversation with the kid. And that sort of like low stakes environment, I think allows kids to kind of break down those walls they build up. And the third thing, third sort of, I guess, revelation was if anyone was going to be able to do this endeavor of starting a new wrestling program, there needed to be an entity behind that to support them. The city wasn't going to do it. That if there were other people who in their minds were like me and were interested in starting a wrestling team, they needed the resources, they needed the know-how to support them to actually do it. Or otherwise, like I said, it was a Herculean task. It's very likely that Someone who started a wrestling team in one part of the city, if they left the school, there was no one to take it on and support it. So it sort of died out. Right. I mean, at this point, it sounds like you felt like you had a stake in this. You saw that this was more powerful than you even experienced and that this was not something that was easily walked away from. I think there's a part of every wrestler that is kind of built into our training and our psyche, which is a little bullish in making sure that when you set a goal, want to accomplish something, you do everything possible to get to the end goal. And I also felt like I had started something that was unfinished. And so I felt like I was a little unfair to my own personal kind of like upbringing to say, okay, I started this one wrestling program with about 25, 30 kids, and I've had a lot of great success with these kids, and they're all wonderful, and I like what I'm doing, so that's good enough. And so, I, yeah, I think, I think the, the experience in the sport itself probably was reason enough to explain why I felt convinced that more could be done, and if not me, who else? Right. It also teases out the issue. There is an advocacy role to promote embra- the embrace of sports so that there is an awareness and appreciation and ultimately more funding mm-hmm. for school sports programs and everything that it can represent and affect. You know, I think the state of affairs in Massachusetts is, you know, especially in, our, in, in Boston public schools and our gateway cities, like Chelsea and Lynn, is really dire. I don't think people really fully grasp the experiences that kids have to go through in schools every day and the lack of resources and opportunities that most of us would probably take for granted um, because we sort of expect schools to have, you know, my first teaching job in Boston included a school that didn't have a cafeteria, didn't have an auditorium, it didn't have a gymnasium. You know, you might ask yourself, well, if it didn't have those things, is it even a school? Right. And you might you might be right to ask that question. And I think when you advocate, I think part of that is just educating the public about this is the current state of affairs, but also presenting people with like a solution. And, and Boston Youth Wrestling can be a solution, you know, that people can um, support and know that they're, you know, making a worthy investment in, in these kids' futures. So 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I would say about the advocacy piece from like my perspective, because I'm really excited about doing more of it. Yeah, I think that compared to what seven years ago now, mm-hmm. if you were to even look up wrestling in the city, not a lot would come up. And now, if you Googled wrestling across the state, it'd be really hard to find something that didn't involve Boston Youth Wrestling in it in some capacity, right? So, not only at the the school level of what we're doing in, this, in Boston and the greater Boston area, but I've also seen you know firsthand that this is a larger systemic issue. So it becomes part of our day to day work to share this knowledge with anyone. This is way beyond mat work and teaching participants how to wrestle. There is a whole other level growing out of this that includes college prep, mentoring, counseling, etc., where a lot of those other partnerships really come into play. We're, we're talking a lot about wrestling here, and that is sort of the hub, but the effects and the ancillary programs that are growing out of that with participants who really need that sort of support and counseling and guidance and advancement is immense here. We're putting it in a, in a really safe and secure structure that allows them to grow within, within the sport. And so our approach is very simple. We call it E3, Engage, Enrich, and Evolve. And that kind of follows the growth of the sport, right? First, we get you engaged into it and we kind of teach you that wrestling is for everyone just like opportunities in life are for everyone and then we go through enrichment enrichment covers a variety of things like you know focus leadership drive determination Mm -hmm. and those become part of the week lessons and now we're mentally preparing you for things on and off the mat and then the third part of that is evolve where you're now taking those skills and you're utilizing them on the mat and in life and that's like your college readiness part of it as well but the E3 system is supported by our programs, and that's where mat time comes in. That's mentoring and training time. And that's when we're working with um, a group of mentors and volunteers that are engaging our youth in, in a variety of, of ways. So whether it's academic support with our academic coordinator, um, whether it's helping them with, with really simple things like how to properly pack your book bag for the day or set yourself up for success the next day, how to organize a binder, things that a lot of us have taken for granted because we have had a role model or a mentor or someone in our life to teach us these basic skills are things that aren't necessarily being being mm. taught right now. So mentoring and training starts with something as simple as that and goes all the way through partnering with organizations that will work with our youth through college. And, and beyond, help them set up for their collegiate careers and then life above and beyond that. And then Wrestle Her is our um, girls empowerment initiative. And actually, we do a lot of advocacy through that. We brought in a director of girls development to not only work with the girls here in Massachusetts, but also Rhode Island and then now most of New England. And it's how do we empower girls, teach them that they are able to overcome almost everything because the hardest thing about having girls participate in wrestling is not finding the girls, is actually having the adults in their life understand that like this is this is an opportunity for them and it's a great pathway. So we're advocating for those girls to the adults in their lives so that they can have these opportunities and that there are collegiate opportunities for them. And with all of that, we understood that there was still a need to engage our most at-risk youth. So those who have maybe like on through the cracks and are, are dropping out of school or involved in the juvenile system. So we're working on Wrestleback, which is our newest initiative. Mm-hmm. We're really confident just how wrestling can help you overcome these obstacles and get career path or, or educational path. It can also help you overcome 
high, even the highest levels of like loss or tragedy. It's also a wrestling metaphor. So <laughs> yeah. An, yeah. any wrestler in, in instinctively understands actually what we're trying to accomplish. What does it uh, mean in wrestling? So re- wrestleback actually is um, about, it's a metaphor for the consolation bracket of a wrestling tournament. So if you asked any coach, you know, who is, who is the toughest kid at the tournament in this particular weight class? Inevitably, they'll probably say the kid who took third place because in order to take third place in a double elimination tournament, that means you have to lose and then come back. And there, there's definitely sort of like a way in which I think that mirrors what we're kind of trying to accomplish here in life is mm-hmm. you may have taken this loss or whatever it might be, but you still have a second chance. Yeah. You can still come back and you can still finish on a podium with a medal. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not a fate complete. Yeah, because not only are you mentally devastated, because now you know that there's only one person that can win that tournament, right? So if you lose that first round, a lot of times someone will just decide, you know what, I'm just going to lose my next one, call it a day. But the participant who overcomes that loss and says, you know what, no, I'm going to work my way back. I'm going to have to wrestle more matches than the person who's going to win this tournament. I'm going to have to wrestle more people who are going to want it just as badly as I do now. And we're all going to fight for this third place spot. And those are some of the toughest matches you have to watch because for them, it's it's or it's win or be out. Mm-hmm. That mirrors life so much more than just constantly winning. Yeah, and I, I don't want to end the, the podcast without talking about something that we did now. We, we spoke about in our preliminary conversation here, which was the notion of empowering youth to respect and to develop and embrace who they are, mm-hmm. whether young girls who get all the wrong messages, whether they are LGBTQ plus youth who are trying to live their true identities, physically challenged. I mean, wrestling is just such a beautiful sport for that reason, Mm -hmm. right? There is no separation. Anybody can wrestle. Really, anybody can wrestle. It doesn't matter your height, your body type, your religion, your background, your sex. Mm -hmm. Um, There is no Special Olympic version of wrestling. You know, if if you're blind, if you or use a prosthetic, you you are a wrestler. There is no asterisk next to that. And that's the beautiful part of the sport. We can look at anybody, and that person's a wrestler to us, or that person can be a wrestler. And that's the really great thing about what we're offering. There's there's no limitations. So when we go into a school or a program, they're like, what are you looking for? What kind of kids do you need? And we're like, you have kids. We have mats. We'll take them all. It's a great equalizer, right? Yeah. I will end this by just observing the two of you i find you both very inspiring in that you have leveraged and taken your own experiences in life and with the sport and viewing it as a gift that you can give to others and um it was a real privilege talking to you today so thank you thanks for coming here yeah